Hey, I'm Christopher Schiefling, and this is Auscultation, a podcast in search of a humanities-based practice of healthcare. Thanks so much for joining. Today, we're examining The Broken Column, a painting by Frida Kahlo, a Mexican artist most famous for her heart-bearing and magical self-portraits, with her signature monobrow that have become iconic for the feminist Chicano, and LGBTQ movements. I will start off with a description of the piece, but I encourage you to take a look for yourself, either by using the link in the description or the show notes. A quick online search for the broken column, Frida Kahlo, will also bring up the picture. A self-portrait of Frida from the waist up dominates the frame of the broken column. She is undressed except for a white gown that she holds loose at her hips and a medical corset with three white belt-like straps that cross her torso. Not only are her breasts exposed, her body has been magically cut from her neck down to reveal Instead of a spinal column, an architectural column like those of ancient Greece. Like these ruins, this column has six cracks throughout its length. Kahlo's black hair is down and unruly behind her shoulders. Her affect is flat, but there are several tears on her cheeks. She has a prominent unibrow and fate hirsutism. Scattered all over her skin are nails of various sizes, which extend on the top of the gown in a line over her right leg. The background is a barren, yellow-green landscape with jagged and dark furrows. There appears to be a small line of ocean at the level of Frida's neck, and a cloudy, dark blue sky looms behind her head. The piece is rather small, at 15.7 by 12 inches, roughly the size of two sheets of printing paper. Some thoughts on the column metaphor. Kahlo suffered from serious illness and chronic pain for most of her life. When she was six years old, She suffered from a prolonged course of polio, which left her with persistent neuropathy in her right leg. There is also some argument that her leg problems were primarily due to spina bifida and that polio was only an exacerbating factor. In either case, she became acquainted with chronic illness at a very early age. Then, when she was 18 years old, she was in a streetcar accident with severe injuries to her back and pelvis, which were treated with extensive surgery, followed by a cast corset for her torso and bed rest for months. Throughout the rest of her life, she continued to have sequelae related to these illnesses, with numerous surgeries for her back and leg. The broken column was made just before one of her back surgeries. 
the act of visualizing the metaphor of the spinal column is the central feature, both literally and figuratively, of this painting. In many ways, this makes her pain more concrete. Unlike in real life, in the painting, Kahlo can show us her broken column and validate her suffering. This is similar to how so many of my patients with chronic back pain can list off all the findings of their back MRIs, even though there is little association between spinal imaging and symptoms. If it can be seen, it is real. What's more, turning her vertebrae into an architectural column creates further unease because it seems that with a crumbling stone, her head is at risk of falling. In addition to helping us see her pain, the column metaphor elevates her suffering. The Greek ruins are beautiful in spite of, or perhaps because of, their decay. Moreover, these columns were used for temples and other important buildings. With this creative device, Kala reveals that she's broken, beautiful, and holy. Why should you say thank you to your spine? It's always got your back. Some thoughts on the nails. While the imagery of the broken column seems sufficiently rich, Kahlo goes a step further with the nails studying her body. In addition to being another manifestation of her pain, the allusion to the nails of the crucifixion of Jesus builds on the sacredness of her suffering. There is a certain irony that the nails could be used to repair certain architectural defects, but are of no assistance with her broken column. The distribution of the nails is also intriguing. The band of nails going down her right leg points to the many problems she had with this extremity. Due to neuropathy, she developed chronic ulcers in the leg and eventually developed gangrene requiring amputation. In another painting called What the Water Gave Me, she depicts one of these ulcers in her right foot. Alternatively, this radiation of nails in the setting of a broken column can portray sciatica or nerve pain that comes from the back and shoots down the leg. Finally, the diffuse spread of nails on her head, torso, and extremities can convey the process of central sensitization that can occur from chronic pain, where prolonged discomfort leads to widespread pain well beyond the area of initial injury. Another fascinating aspect of the nails is that they don't draw any blood. This is rather unusual for Kahlo, as she typically does not shy away from blood. In her famous painting, The Two Fridas, she paints anatomical hearts with an actively bleeding artery on a white dress. And in Henry Ford Hospital, she depicts the hemorrhage of her miscarriage. So the lack of blood here is significant. This could suggest the aspect of neuropathy and central sensitization where there is no physical signs of her pain. In a bit of a stretch, it is also suggestive of acupuncture. 
Support for this interpretation comes from Kahlo's fascination with Asian ideology, which is evidenced in her journal as well as in Diego Rivera's portrait of her with a yin-yang symbol in his dream of Sunday afternoon in Alameda Park. There's ample evidence that acupuncture helps with chronic pain. So in an apparent contradiction, the nails can be seen both as a source and as a treatment of her suffering. This confusion of treatment and suffering makes more sense in light of the discomfort caused by many of her treatments. From her surgeries, to her torso casts and corsets, to prolonged bed rest, much of Kahlo's suffering was iatrogenic. Some thoughts on the corset. The white corset medicalizes her situation, and like the nails, it holds contradictions. It is supposed to promote her healing, but with the architectural column, it becomes unclear how this will help. The white color is iconic of healthcare's pretense of purity. However, in the context of Kahlo's work, whiteness is often associated with weakness. She took great pride in her indigenous heritage from her mother's side over her European heritage from her father. For example, in the two Fridas, the Frida with darker complexion in a traditional Tijuana dress appears to be comforting the Frida in a white European dress who is bleeding. What did the chief of surgery say to the lazy spinal surgeon? Get back to work. Some thoughts on exposure and revelation. In many ways, the Frida of this self-portrait is subject to the medical gaze. In addition to the corset, the white garment that she holds at her waist calls to mind a hospital gown. This simple garment is particularly noteworthy because she is stripped of the elaborate hairstyles and attire that are so prominent in most of her other self-portraits. Additionally, she is holding the gown at her waist, which suggests she has chosen to lower the sheet for the viewer. Similarly, the exposure of the white fractured column against a black backdrop is reminiscent of spinal x-rays. Additionally, she is alone, which is another contrast to the rest of her works, which frequently feature her many pets and plants. While therapy animals are a growing presence in clinic, solitude remains a prominent element of the patient experience. In effect, Kahlo paints herself in the sick role, and like a good patient, she willingly exposes her body and all its faults. She has literally and figuratively opened herself up to our examination and judgment. On the other hand, there are many elements of the painting that give her a greater sense of agency than the subjectivity characteristic of the patient experience. First, having spent much time in bed rest and in wheelchairs, Kahlo shows herself standing. Similarly, in spite of her tears, her face is stoic and she meets the viewer's gaze. Next, as discussed above, by translating her spine into a Greek ruin, 
she infuses her suffering with objectivity, beauty, and spirituality. Likewise, while nudity in the medical context suggests vulnerability, in art history it heralds the presence of divinity. Until her trolley accident, Kahlo had planned to become a doctor, and she started painting while bedbound after this accident as a way to cope with her condition. She'd used a mirror on the ceiling of her bed for her self-portraits. In this setting, the clinical gaze of the painting is originally Kahlo's gaze on herself. She is no longer the patient, but the clinician. With this in mind, her painting is a subversive assessment and plan, a revelation of her illness in her own terms. The Broken Column by Frida Kahlo was painted in 1944 and is now located at the Museo Dolores Alamedo in Mexico City. You can find show notes for this episode at anauscultation.wordpress.com and you can send comments, suggestions, and questions to the Twitter handle at anauscultation or to the email anauscultation at gmail.com. Auscultation is produced and recorded on the ancestral home of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and share to help others find out about us too. Until next month, be kind and live the questions. <laughs>